all have those moments where we feel remarkably unqualified, but for some strange reason, we choose to be unafraid. I'm Jessica Rowe, a film student, creative, and the host of this podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, and neither do my guests, as together we dive into conversations about boldly following our passions and kicking goals, with a focus on creativity and being a young adult in Adelaide, unqualified and unafraid embraces just going for it. Abby Nichols, tell us about a situation where you were unqualified, but you chose to be unafraid. Alright, so in recent history, probably um, when I applied to be part of a film, a feature film, outside of you, that was kind of scary for me, um, just sort of emailing out of the blue this random guy in Adelaide and just putting my name to be in the mix for this feature film and having to go and be like not interviewed, it was very informal, it was just sort of like chat with him over coffee. Mm. But I was very nervous for it. Like I didn't have any experience really in anything or didn't really know what my role, what role I wanted to go into. And I just kind of felt like I was going into this very much unqualified for and not knowing what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, and it went really well. And he pretty much didn't, he just asked me what I wanted to get out of it. And was very focused on sort of helping me. Yeah, I walked away very, very happy, almost ecstatic, I might say, because I just put myself out there and it's not something I usually do to, like, step out of my comfort zone like that. Um, especially with film, seeing as, like, being within uni, it's very much a comfort zone, just networking with people you already know. Yeah. Doing it outside of uni um, has definitely been an experience. Yeah, well, great job. Thanks. Definitely, you should be proud. So you guys have heard Abby on my previous episode called Film School Expectation versus Reality, and we're doing the same course. We have worked together on a few things now, one of which being our new short documentary that has just been released online, is about to be entered into a few film festivals. It's called Gig Guide Mum Friends, and it follows the talented and incredibly kind-hearted members of the local Adelaide band Mum Friends as they rehearse, perform, and foster their beautiful friendships with each other. So, Abby, how did this project come about? Maybe shed some light on, like, our assignment and why we wanted to do this idea. We had very, like, different views on what the assignment was. Like, we were like, is it five minutes, is it eight minutes? That was, like, the first (laughs) issue. It's just very minor, but anyway. So the assignment we had was to make a short portrait documentary. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I think, very open to whatever the class wanted to do. Someone did, like, one on a, a theatre, someone that owns a theatre. Yeah. And someone did it on, like, a, a poultry club, mm-hmm. which sort of followed a couple people. Um, so, yeah, we chose to do it on a band. The portrait aspect really came into um, on Katie and Mia. Well, originally the assignment recommended us to feature, like, one core character, but because they were like a collective, we were able to kind of do the portrait documentary on the band. Um, but we went through a lot of ideas. Like it took us ages to actually mm. narrow down our idea because we were like emailing and Instagram DMing like so mm. many people. We probably Instagram DM like half the bands. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I even you've been like, our documentary. Yeah, I DM'd some people in Melbourne accidentally. <laughs> And I was like, was oh, wow, like, yeah, no, like, yeah, we're keen to do this. I'm like, oh, cool. They're like, oh, we're in Melbourne, by the way. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry. 
It's a no-go, guys. <laughs> That's funny. They're like, wow, you wanted to make a documentary about us, but you didn't even do your research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Like, bands are hard to organise oh. things with. That's what we realised. Like, Something about we bands. Were, we were stuck on a particular band, whom I will not name. <laughs> <laughs> if you like know, a, you know. <laughs> yeah, for like a month. And we were like, yeah, this is a go, like got strong connection mm-hmm. here. We built a whole... We did, like, um, not storyboard. We did, like, a whole structure for it, planned yeah, it like, out. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Document pitched it, like, mm-hmm. a very small pitch. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't respond. They ghosted it. We got ghosted by a whole band. So bad. You know what? The internet warned us that, like, band boys ghost you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we just Look, got collectively like, ghosted. <laughs> In terms of confirming a stereotype with lived experience, we can very much confidently say that bands do not respond very well via social media. Except for our favourite band, Mum Mum Friends. Friends. (laughs) Yep, yep. We love Mum Friends. The crew. Basically, we had... Well, actually, this was... This is kind of an interesting thing, was that we started off in our roles reverse. Like, I was the producer and you were the director. Mm. But we kind of just naturally swapped yeah <laughs> well pretty much i just flat out refused to be director because i just i don't know i hate the title but yeah i couldn't really see myself on the day like really sort of getting into the nitty-gritty in terms of like asking questions and like getting to the core of what the band is and yeah sort of being that interviewer type person and- but it's just yeah, I just wanted to be sort of organising it and handing it over to other people yeah. and just sort of focusing on my role on the day. And like before I before I had even thrown myself into anything, you were already like halfway through the paperwork and that oh, kind well, of you were on holidays. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. No no no, I'm saying that was good. But like, yeah, it kind of was just like we both didn't want to do <laughs> the bits that we signed yeah. up for like yeah. Because sometimes I think people are like, oh, push yourself out of your comfort zone, do that, do that. But I'm also just like, if you kind of already can feel intuitively what you want to be doing, Mm. then, like, there's not really a harm in, like, honing in on your Or just even being enthusiastic about a role. Yeah. That will just take you far. Yeah, we definitely swapped over, I think, both instinctively and out of necessity. Yeah. Because I think when you were away, I was like, I... Yeah, okay, this needs to be pushed forward. Yeah. Because um, I could see that it was a lot of work that needed yeah, to be done. Definitely. So, but that I'm glad was really we did good it early. foresight of yeah. you. Like, because we wouldn't have made what we did if you didn't do that while well, I was on holiday. We, um, yeah, I'm glad we did it like early as well, like during that break, because then we could film earlier. We got feedback earlier and we, had, yeah. we desperately needed that time for editing as well. Like seeing now, we still, yeah. we had a month and we, <laughs> and still, we still finished last. Like went to the, you know, 11th hour. So then we had our friends who were all in the other episode as well. We had Amy Evans as the cinematographer and the graphic artist. And then we had Sabella Schumacher as the editor, and Daphne boston Zoglu as the sound supervisor and recordist. Um, did you feel unqualified at any point in this project? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I think, well, in pre-production, I felt everything was pretty straightforward because it was, like, we have templates and forms that are just given to us yeah. to fill out. Um, and it's straightforward in terms of just organising times with the band and that sort of thing. 
um, just communicating and but the time I felt most unqualified was definitely on the shoots because um, yeah. you do you have that sort of like voice at the back of your brain like oh you're just a film student you're not actually a fucking <laughs> like you know filmmaker yeah. or whatever so I'm just kind of there like just taking it as it comes and mm. working based off how other people are not only working but like feeling as well about the whole thing so like yeah it's, kind it's of a very soaking up the energy of the room yeah kind of thing. like yeah yeah so because you never quite know you can plan and shoot all you want but you never really know how Mm. it's gonna feel I think well very I think I can say quite confidently that our group isn't very technically experienced in terms of filmmaking so it was like a a bit of a scramble on the shoots yeah Um, we had we 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 had a lot we needed a lot of setting up time it took Mm. us like time to get everything sorted like you can set a you can set a time limit for how long it's gonna take to set up but like at the end of the day you have to just take as long as it takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, obviously I think that next time I'd probably say that we be stricter, no no kind of, like, dawdling. Like, now we know it takes so long, we mm. would know, like, okay, we need to, like, not talk, we need to just fucking... I mean, <laughs> I mean, why am I saying, sorry, this is my podcast? <laughs> we need to fucking just, like, really do it, do it, do it, because mm. we know it takes so long. Yeah. I think we all need to get a lot more experience on sets as well to know, like what the protocols are as well yeah and being on the same page like I also felt like on the set it was kind of sometimes I don't know sometimes it felt a bit confused Mm, like definitely oh like is this camera set up it was like oh yeah it is oh no Abby said it's not blah blah like that kind of thing Mm. yeah I don't know I guess like it's hard everyone just has to kind of be shouting at each other because it's like Mm. this needs to align with this over here yeah I think we we prepared a very much for how it will look in the final product and we had this very strong creative vision for it unfortunately because we didn't have that experience it didn't translate technically um yeah very strongly um or we we just didn't have that experience to know straight away to set that up that light up there and to this setting and all that um to get the result we wanted but um it that's just all part of it really yeah Well, that kind of brings me into, like, my main thing that I felt unqualified about was, like, I felt that there were times where someone just needed to, like, make a hard decision. Mm. So, like, for example, when we did the gig and we were, like, no, like, I didn't want to make the decision, no one wanted to make the decision of whether to bring the big cameras into the gig. And, like, Mm. looking back now, I think that would have been better. If we did bring it. Yeah, because everyone's, like, phone went out of charge. Like, the the actual image is, like, pretty pixelated mm. from the gig. I felt that I was not qualified to make that call. Mm. Even though I was the director, a lot of times I felt that I was not qualified to direct. So, like, I was too shy to say, like, we need to get this done by this time. I was too shy to say, like, oh, actually, let's all bring the cameras in because, like, I, I felt like, oh, who am I to tell people what to do? Like, who am I to, like, know that that's the best way kind of thing? Mm. But, yeah, so that's the way that I probably felt unqualified because my next question was what made you to decide to not let this feeling get in the way of anything and how, but I would say that the feeling did get in the way mm. for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, again, it was just 
hard to make decisions when you don't have that experience um, as to what works and what doesn't technically. Yeah. Um, in terms of experience gained since then is you really need to have the knowledge to make those executive decisions. Like if someone is mm. um, like a director but they also have like really good knowledge around a camera, like you're going to trust them to make a decision about yeah. where to set up, how to set up, yeah. that sort of thing. But True. Um, yeah, I think to be the only way to become completely confident in decisions regarding like what equipment should be used is to like learn about the equipment yeah. essentially, which I'm going to try and get into more. And then in the future, I can just be like, oh, technical decision? I'll let Abby make that one. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. I always wonder about like, would the project have turned out different if there was like a different director? Like, do you wonder if all of us directed that, like, like, all of us directed our own version of that? I wonder if they would differ that much. Mm. I was I was very surprised by how many questions you had set out, which was good. Yeah. That was oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good amount of questions. But I think I had too many questions. I reckon. And I liked how you did, like, every second question... Like, you separated them? Like, you didn't ask them the same set of questions as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I made them, like, specialised for their thing. Because, mm. like, I really love that shit, like, writing questions. What was special about working with mum friends to you? Oh, my God. They were such a dream. Like, in <laughs> terms of, like, communication, mm. in terms of, like, um, how easygoing they were with setting up, with just everything and just being so trusting and being like it almost felt like they were directing us they were fostering us they were very much bringing that mum friends energy into yeah our, like for real. into helping us sort of create something that we're we were very obviously mm. passionate about yeah can't speak highly enough to be honest yeah same so organized mm. so nice and um as well the big thing that I thought was like it was so cool because I felt like they were, like, a reflection of us. Mm. Because the whole band is female and non-binary. Mm. And we're all female group. And to see all of those friendships was, like, oh, it's just, like, us. Like, all in a big group mm. creating so, stuff together. <laughs> yeah. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. So it was, like, we automatically, I, I don't know, bonded with them. Is that yeah. too a strong word? But like, we I had, definitely like, didn't feel uncomfortable or nervous around them yeah. at all because like they were doing their thing and we were doing our thing and yeah. we just had like an understanding of like creating with your friends and like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that so what was our vision do you remember for like the visual and story because like I was just thinking our main thing that we knew we wanted to do was like something with really like 90s zine we mm. wanted it to look like a 90s zine mm. it took us a while to actually find the story because it all depended on like getting to know the band more but obviously we eventually found that the story of like kind of what makes them special like their whole friendship focusing on that like they are mum friends they are supportive I think we did get to the sort of core of core of what they are Mm. um because like you can get an idea as to what mum friends means but I think we really spelled it out in the short amount of time that we had yeah drawing up the plans for how we wanted it to look, we were very concentrated on how it would look and not sound. You yeah. Know what I mean? In terms of like the message or because we couldn't plan for what they were going to say, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think we we'll, we could only 
go so far in terms of that without talking to them first because we were very like broadly speaking like oh the Adelaide music industry yeah yeah post-covid I guess but Mm. um yeah just sort of we just wanted to explore I guess we yeah it was very broad I think at the start and then yeah I think we definitely got yeah we pinpointed it and now we're gonna tell you our biggest challenges so or things that we learned what was that for you should we talk about like our personal challenges and what you think our challenges were um as a group like our group dynamic yeah like I feel like that could be commented on talk about well. anything like that's probably would be what I would say is my big what's my biggest challenge yeah like it's to do with working in a team I guess mm. but say what you're gonna say um, tell me all your thoughts well my personal <laughs> challenge I reckon was um just staying grounded through like filming and just like really sticking to my role and not interfering with anyone else and just sort of letting it play out yeah and sort of trusting everyone that it yeah. will be how it will turn out how yeah. they want it like because I wasn't too concerned about my creative vision because I was just sort of producer and um helped out with camera mm-hmm. um so I didn't really feel I know because there are so many like creative minds in our group that I didn't really feel it was necessary like I put I put my I think I put my strongest ideas in Mm. very early on yeah because the thing was we just had so many really good ideas like I can't think of one idea that any of us have that was like necessarily bad Mm. it was just really hard to like then choose (laughs) yeah because we only had like five minutes to do it so yeah to compact it into but yeah I think that was a big one, just sort mm-hmm. of sticking to my role and sort of trusting the process, I guess. Yeah. Um, Knowing that you're doing your best. So, yeah. like, that is all that matters. Yeah. yeah. And I, like, I felt I was doing my best on the day and I still feel like I did what I could given my capabilities yeah, totally. at the time. My biggest challenge ties into, like, I don't know how to word it because it's more of a vibe. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Vibes. <laughs> It's the vibe of the thing that is my biggest challenge. But, like, I would say working with friends is, like, definitely an experience. I'm glad we had it. I'm glad we had it. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I had in my mind, like, everyone works exactly like me. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I was so deluded. Like, oh, these are my friends. Like, we're really similar in so many ways. Obviously, we're just all going to have the same working style. (laughs) But obviously, that was clearly not the case. Like, and I think everyone was just, like, having trouble understanding, like, Mm. everyone's working style, I guess. Yeah, we definitely were understanding of that. And we slowly realised that we weren't compatible in every single way. Yeah. Which I think saddened us at times yeah I think we all got a little bit depressed because we realized like wait not everything aligns perfectly because so much does yeah (laughs) and yeah I'm really um, I'm glad we had that because I think it's definitely not going to deter us from working together in the future Mm. we just just know how to yeah we just got to figure out how to like adapt very much just push and pull yeah the difference in kind of time management I guess Mm. was like a big thing so like next time if we did a project together I would write out 
a really specific time management plan and be like, everyone has to stick to this. Mm, oh, like seeing the amount of work that people do with um, like short films and feature films, mm. getting the call sheets and seeing how much they put into like scheduling. Yeah. It's like mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I think I really want to harp on in the future. Yeah. And like we did do, like we did do a production schedule mm. which outlined the editing but I think the thing is just emphasising it to the group. Like, this is a, actually a really important document. It's not just something that we make up for mm. the pitch, like, to get the grade, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I kept... I, I was definitely... I would say that I would make call sheets, and I never did because I just forgot. I think I made one. No, I did send one for one of the shoots. Yeah. Um, but no one checked their email. We just sort of went off what was happening in the group chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was fine. Like, it worked in the end, mm. but... And the other thing that, like, I found was with the communication related to that is, like, I felt like uh, we both sent a lot of documents to the group chat, mm. but then afterwards there would still be questions. What time is this? What yeah. do we need for this? Wait, what are we doing for this again? It's, like, it's already written out. I would say, like, making a central location where it's, like, if you have any question, any, like, thing, you go to that central location and you know that that information is correct. Mm. I think what I've seen is, like, working on other projects is that, like, we haven't had any group chats. It's just been, like, a Facebook page. Mm, okay. Where they just upload documents and you, they just assume that you're going to refer to that. Right, right. So it's not on them if you don't see it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not like a whole massive scroll of like messages back and forth. Yeah. It's like comments under a post. So I think that works really well. Because in my ideal world, as a director or whatever, if someone asked me a question, I could just say, check the document. Yeah. Because like it's actually pretty stressful if everyone's asking you, what are you doing with this? What are we doing with that? Like, but what are we doing with that again? Mm. It's actually stressful because it's like, I already wrote that down and I don't actually have it in my head, Handy, which is yeah. why I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. I wanted to, like, start sending call sheets and, like, I didn't feel confident to send it through the group chat because it would just get lost in all the messages. Yeah, yeah. So I emailed it and then I told everyone to check their emails and no one really checked but yeah yeah it really was a challenge and like it's like for me I don't I guess know. you downplay it because it's like oh it's only five people like it's not yeah, a massive crew yeah. that we have to take care of but um, it's hard when it's like very you obviously never want to say anything like I the whole unqualified thing mm-hmm. is like I didn't want to say anything that would like upset anyone mm-hmm. like because I don't know like I'm always so hyper aware like what if I say oh, can you please just check the document? What if they think, like, I'm being rude or something? Mm. No, honestly, I would have just been, like, check the fucking document, like, <laughs> like I don't care, just, like, it's your problem. Like, <laughs> I think we need to scrap group chats. Yeah, I agree. It was chaotic to read the group chat, mm. to be honest, and, like, it would be at, like, times that it, I, okay, I'm not going to lie, I muted the chat. Like, a weekend. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, like, when texts would pop up at night and I would get really stressed at night because of it, mm. so I had to mute it yeah. and only check it when I was, like, 
in work time. <laughs> and I remember when you went on your holiday, you're like, guys, I'm having a social media free day. I'm having a phone free day. Just don't text me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of other challenges because, well, it was really stressful. Like, I thought it was a really stressful kind of project. And, like, mm. maybe communication styles would be, like, another challenge for me was, like, accommodating to everyone's different communication styles. Like, mm. knowing, like, who needs reminding as well. Yeah, yeah. Also, when we're having a team meeting and it's, like, in my ideal world, there would be, like, a team meeting agenda and, Mm -hmm. like, it would be, like, really structured. But it's really hard because we're all close friends. Mm. We would just start talking about random stuff Mm. and it would be, like... You're slightly more emotionally involved with friends in a, like, work setting than when you are with strangers in a work setting. I found it hard when everyone's talking about other stuff and, like... Mm, like, getting sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did have, like, group meetings over, like, Skype. So, well, not Skype. We use Skype. Mm. Um. <laughs> Facebook, FaceTime, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And we were like, okay, everyone turn off your mics. Yeah! Jess is talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Authoritarianism or whatever it is. Authoritarianism? Dictatorship. Dictatorship? No. Oh, my God. No. I never want to come across that way. No, no. But, like, if people... But it was necessary. Like, it's, like, in order for it to go well, for to say what we needed to be said Mm. without interruption. Specifically because you and I were the director and the producer. Mm. So, like, I guess those are the leadership roles. Mm. But we're also the two quietest people Mm. like I mean I'm you're probably more quiet than me but like (laughs) we're both like if you put like an order to it we are definitely the two quietest people so sometimes I guess it's hard to like that would add to why it was also hard to like Mm. I think in like pre-production it was just like oh we have like three months until this is due so I think it was just a matter of like okay we need to get the cogs turning now and we just, yeah, we just need to, like, make it very clear that, okay, this is this is the starting point. We need to all put our heads in now. Um, what was your favourite part of the project? Mm, definitely the gig night. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Because, <laughs> like, we sort of, I think, like, just before the gig started, just sort of soaking in the atmosphere, like, mm. getting those, like, stupid POV shots and, like, downing a beer and stuff that was fun we felt like we were a part of it mm. and we were just like filming all the neon signs on our phones and it was just like <laughs> yeah it was a bit all over the place but it was uh, an organized chaos i might add I'm, yeah I'm like we got a lot of footage yeah i would say i really liked the gig as well um because we just felt like we were a part of it. Like, we mm. were one of the creatives behind it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like pulling people aside. Like, yeah. plugging in at yeah. the sound desk. Yeah. Like, that made me feel professional. Yeah, <laughs> making connections. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, I think it was Sabella who picked me up. She picked me up and we went to the first shoot together. And, like, she had, like, all these coffees. And yeah. we were just, like, it was early in the morning, you like, know. Like, in really comfy shoot clothes. And it's just, like going to the shoot, like, yeah. I'm so tired and, like, I'm gonna feel bloated after this coffee, but, like, mm. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, the vibe before a shoot yeah. is, like, where it's at. Definitely. <laughs> it's, like, you definitely, without, like, 
talking about it, the hype is building, if you know Yeah, definitely. It's like, like it's almost like before you, like, the day before you're about to do, like, a theatre performance or Mm. something. Yeah. Because, like, the stress hasn't hit you yet. Mm. (laughs) You're just sort of living in the euphoria of the moment. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And then it's, like, three o'clock and you're like, we haven't even started shooting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you watch the documentary, what are your favourite scenes? I think the graphics are, like, a big staple. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it's what grabs people's attention. Like, I showed it to someone from work and they're like, this is, like, the burn book from Mean Girls. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. My favourite part, the end. Okay. like, the music starts. When oh, when fuck bam, whistles. Bam, 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 yeah. Bam, 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 bam. yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite part. So, like, the fade out, yeah. Yeah. My favourite part is actually the start, where oh. it goes, where it shows the graphic, where it does the title. Yeah. That's my favourite part. Yeah, I think both it starts and like ends really well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. How did this project inspire you for the future? I'm just, I'm really glad that I have something like this under my belt, despite whatever feelings I may have about how it went or you know whatever which I have I honestly think I have I'm very grateful for the experience we had yeah especially with mum friends and I think it turned out really really well same so I'm just really glad that I have something like that under my belt in terms of like you know going into the music industry and doing stuff yeah in that regard like it's a dream to like tour yeah. with a band or something like same that. here yeah. oh my god yeah, and definitely. It definitely just, made it feel a lot, all a lot more accessible. Yeah, because I feel like I can just, like, go up to a band and be like, look what I made, hi. And they'll be like, I want that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, I think that's definitely, it definitely got me excited for that in terms of, like, my name is put to this video. Yeah. Mm. Totally. What about you? Yeah, I definitely liked working with bands and want to work with more bands. What about in terms of, like, documentary filmmaking? Has it sparked anything there? Well, I it was already sparked. Everything that was there was already sparked. Like, I already knew that I really wanted to make documentaries specifically about, like, bands and creative mm. people and, like, youth culture. So, like, it reaffirmed that. Yeah. Definitely. Like, when I was at the gig, I thought, like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what I want to be mm. doing kind of thing. Yeah, I think it definitely reaffirmed my how I gravitate towards documentary filmmaking. Not I think not so much in terms of like interviewing bands or whatever, but just the candid sort of nature of it all. Oh yeah. Um, like you're capturing something that's real. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just sort of going along with it rather than like like when I think of myself in the future, I don't really see myself on like big sets. Like, mm. just it seems so stressful, and a lot of movies I feel nowadays are like so overdone, and so glossy, yeah. and it's just like almost like you're just becoming like a clog in the machine, as yeah, they say. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like documentary filmmaking is, I think it's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, the idea of being like a DP or assisting a DP on like some nature documentary in some random ass location just sounds so exciting (laughs) rather than being surrounded by all these busy people like doing all these checks all the time and burger is so chaotic 
And, like, also the time that made me, like, reaffirm it as well was, like, when um, Amy and Sib were interviewing people around the gig and there was people from, like, some pretty well-known Adelaide bands and, like, they were saying, like, oh, we love what you're doing, like, you mm. should make our thing. And it just, like, I think it made me more... more it made me... F- feel slightly more qualified. Yeah. <laughs> like, I should, like, believe in myself a little bit more. Yeah. That's like, definitely something I struggle with, is just, mm. like, in terms of confidence, the only thing that wavers is definitely my confidence in my ability to just do things. Really? Yeah. Everything else is fine in mm. terms of confidence, like, don't give a fuck how I look, mm. how I, all that. Or, it's just, the only thing I'm insecure about is my ability to just do things I just have no faith I, I just downplay everything like like I just don't feel like I'm qualified for anything like when I like I feel I'm comfortable at my workplace because there's a very clear structure for everything very clear mm. process mm. I can just sit at my desk and do it but when it comes to filmmaking it's so it can like so many problems can come up yeah and it does become a spontaneous thing yeah, so a lot of thinking on the spot. Yeah, and it does become daunting sometimes when you're like, when you know you're walking into something like that, and it's yeah. like, well, don't look at me, <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, I'm confident in your ability. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that also comes with like social media and stuff. Like I follow a lot of filmmakers in Adelaide, mm. and I'm just like, they're just doing so great. What are like, how do I get there? And then I just sort of like. Well, you know, just stay put for a while. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's a whole, like... But you know they probably feel like that too. The difference between you and them is that they're posting it. Mm. Like... Yeah, that's true. I don't really post anything. But it's like, that's the thing. It's like, they probably feel the exact same thing that Mm. you feel, but they're just, like, doing it anyway. Yeah. You know? And that's that's the the roadblock in my mind is... fucking do it that really ties into this entire podcast like unqualified but unafraid so Mm -hmm. you just have to get to that unafraid part (laughs) yeah yeah well and it's also a matter of like not knowing because you get so much conflicting advice in film yeah so so many people Mm. and it's just like it's not that i'm unafraid sometimes it's just like i don't know what to do yeah (laughs) Yeah. Because one person says this and yeah. someone else some, says something else. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, I'll just stick to what I'm doing at the moment. That's so true. And, like, yeah, sometimes you also just have the intuition. Like, I might do the honours year for this course. Mm. But, like, everyone says you should do the honours year, you regret it, blah, blah. Mm. Like, all the course teachers and everything. But it's like, there's no right way in arts. And that's why it's so scary because there's no so right way. it's so fast-paced as well. It's evolving so quickly yeah and like the way i see it is like if i just do what i'm doing it'll somehow work out like Mm. if you're constantly making stuff constantly putting stuff out there there's like pretty much no way that you like you're already doing it if that Mm. makes sense like there's pretty much no way that you end up like not being a filmmaker or something Mm. it's just the film industry it's just so self-driven yeah, it is. Compared to, like, everything else where... Well, not everything else, but, like, a lot of other occupations where, like, you can just, like, your degree is your ticket 
essentially. Yeah, it's so is self driven because most people are like, it's like having a trade. Mm. Almost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much it is. Yeah. It's like you're not, you don't, if you study law or something, it's like you go into this big institution that has existed for like mm. ever. They set you up. Yeah. And you know your plan. Yeah. But like with us, it's like we can go and be freelance. We can try and go get a job somewhere, but in order to go get a job somewhere, we have to have basically already done freelance work. Yeah. Like, you are you are kind of on your own, and that's why it's so important, I guess, to, like, work together as friends and, like, build the network for yourself. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's definitely a challenge as an introvert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, what you are saying before, like, would you classify yourself as, like, an observer? Absolutely. Like, you like to suss everything out before you put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, hard to do in this kind of industry because it's, like, there is so much to suss out. Mm. Like, at some point, you just have to, like, fucking... Mm. Yeah. Initiative. Like, I definitely would say I have initiative. Only... It's only powerful when I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I struggle with initiating things without having the knowledge yeah. beforehand. Yeah. And that's something I just can't even really conceive at the moment, how, like, people can do that, like, how just very confident people can go into something without being fully equipped. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's weird. I definitely relate to that because I'm... I'm quiet in everything until I suss things out as well. Mm. So everybody should go watch Gig Guide. So you can, it's posted a lot of different places, but you can watch it on Mum Friends' Instagram. I think it's just mum.friends. You can watch it on my Instagram, Jessica Roy Creative. And you can watch it on Abby's Instagram. Why don't you go watch it three times <laughs> and like them all? Abby, what's your Instagram? Uh, it is gailc.n. Awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your mates. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give it a rating and review. For updates, follow at UNU underscore podcast on Instagram. And thanks for listening. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> no worries.